Sports Grab Podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. Joining me, as always, is the member of Squad Australia, Ruben Williams. How are you, mate? G'day, Ryan. I'm fantastic. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be talking with you across the desk, as always. And the T20 World Cup is back on the radar. Sure is. It's been a long two years since it was delayed due to COVID, and now we're back talking about one of the biggest tournaments in the world again. So I'm, I'm pumped, and I'm pumped to have our guest in today to tell us all about Squad Australia, which you just referred to, and yeah. some of the great work that the tournament is doing to to engage people in that space. Absolutely, we'll we'll give a bit more context to uh, what I've just described, Ruben, as later in the episode. <laughs> but you're right, Rubes. It's great to have uh, Will in to talk about the World Cup that is coming up. One of my greatest memories of any sport was actually the Women's World Cup when it was here mm. just before the pandemic struck. I remember Katy Perry on stage. One of the great performances from the Australian team as well. Mm. So some great memories of World Cup cricket here in Australia. So yes. very exciting. And the men's are going for back-to-back yep. uh, wins as well. So Absolutely. it's shaping up to be an absolute beauty of a tournament. It's fair to say we'll be there uh, in multiple forms, as, yes. as we'll get onto later as well. Yeah, and fingers crossed Katy Perry makes another appearance. That was brilliant. I'd back her in. Yeah. I honestly would. Get her back, I say. Yeah, she's a gun. <laughs> yep. Anyway, let's get cracking my name is Ryan Walker, he is Ruben Williams, and we are two mates who met at Cricket Australia, and now we help people find their own dream job through this very podcast and our online community. If you want to follow us, head over to our LinkedIn, or even better, if you want to connect with us and hundreds of others working in sport, jump into the Sports Red community. That's it. And if you want to connect with some people working at the ICC T20 World Cup, you can do so in the sports grad community because one of our very favorites at sports grad, Jack Lloyd, uh, is living inside the sports grad community at the moment. Living. Ba- living. He lives inside <laughs> there. <laughs> so he, back in the day, he was our very first intern and he jumped in and uh, helped us ep- uh, edit, I think, 70-odd podcast episodes. Yeah. And we we'll, love this shout out as well. Absolutely. We'll claim it that his experience at sports grad helped him get his <laughs> job now at the T20 World Cup working as a marketing coordinator. So well done to you, Jack, on uh, living out the dream at the T20 World Cup. But it's fantastic that you are still a part and a big part of our sports grad community. Absolutely. We love Jack. Mm. Great man. That's it. So if you're like Jack and you want to get your foot in the door of the sports industry or if you're like the T20 World Cup and you want to hire people quickly and easily or you're like us, you're early in your career, you just want to get out there and network with the likes of these major tournaments, the national bodies across Australia and some of the professional teams such as AFL clubs as well, then jump into the sports grad community because there really is something for everybody inside. Absolutely, Rube. So before we get cracking, Deakin University has been an integral supporter of the podcast since day dot. They've got an absolutely awesome event this Sunday, June 5. It's their virtual open day, which Ruben is presenting at, which is could be the highlight of the day, for me at least. I'm, I'm going to be nervous. Yeah, I reckon you are <laughs> a bit nervous. It's going to be a great event. So... Get along to the virtual open day. You can explore courses, check out all the campuses of Deakin and have any study questions answered all from the comfort of your own home. Uh, And over the past two years, over 100,000 people have actually joined that day, uh, which is incredible. So get along to that this Sunday, June 5. um, You can check all the details out on Deakin's website. Just Google Deakin and you will find all the details there. Alrighty, let's get cracking. Big episode who have we got coming up? Ryan, today we're chatting with none other than Will Taylor, the social and digital media manager at the ICC T20 World Cup. Uh, and as part of the ICC T20 World Cup for 2022, squads have been created to bring fans closer to the action. So squads are these Facebook groups that have been designed to give fans free, unique and exclusive content features and world-class cricket discussion. And as a community and fan engagement initiative, squads have already attracted 11,000 members inside these groups, which is Mm. phenomenal. So today we've got the man behind it all, Will Taylor, here to discuss the concept, the legacy of squads and the plans that they have to leave 
um, for Australian cricket after the tournament is done. So plenty to unpack uh, with Will Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. To kick off some of the highlights, I he, he, well, the way he spoke about squads was awesome. Like, And the concept that squads is and, and what they want to do with that project is really great to be part of. So... We've jumped in, obviously, but stay tuned in this episode. Just hearing the background behind why they're doing it, it's, it's more than just cricket. Like, it's got that real purpose behind it. Mm. So that was great to hear from Will, just why uh, they've decided to, to run this project. Yeah, absolutely. And he goes into all the nitty-gritty details about what's involved and how you can get into. Um, but also, we chatted about how Will is the perfect person to be running these squads. Yeah. He's had some incredible experience for such a young guy traveling around the world with the ATP tour, following the likes of Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal, uh, some of the most elite, you know, they're the biggest sports people Ooh, in yeah. the entire world. Yeah. And here's Will just, you know, following him with his mobile phone. <laughs> anyway, so now he's channeling all that into the ICC T20 World Cup. So it's awesome to just hear about his experience. If you are looking to get into social media in the yep. future. Yeah, absolutely. And lastly, just, you know, the key components of his role as, as um, social and digital media manager at the World Cup. Um, I think we put it down to three different things. It was a great question by you. Uh, and he basically just summarized it in three things. So if you are interested in this space, as you just mentioned, Rubes, um, this is a great episode for you. Cool. Let's get cracking. It's a good app. So grab a pen, enjoy this chat with Will Taylor. <laughs> Welcome to the Sportscape podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it's great to be on. I've uh, heard about the work you guys have done for a long time now. And yeah, super stoked to be on and talk a little bit more about the T20 World Cup and, and my journey as well. Awesome. Well, pleasure to have you on. The T20 World Cup is the biggest event coming to Australia this year. We love that you kitted out in yeah. all the T20 World Cup merch. I've, I reckon I've still got a bit of merch flying around at home from the last World Cup as well. You're a bit of a hoarder with the merch, aren't you, mate? I love, I love the merch. I love the merch. Uh, I think they had to update the entire range of merch because it got delayed two years. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it did. Um, Ali Durkis will know a bit more about that than me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I think it did get obviously delayed given the, the men's got delayed in uh, 2020. But uh, no, nah, it's, uh, it's great to be so close to the event now. Things are really heating up. And yes, yeah, super looking forward to uh, October, November this year. Yep. Awesome. Well, I, I can't wait as well. I've got a tiny little role to play in the T20 World, World Cup too, which I'm very excited for. Uh, but what, when you think of the T20 World Cup this year, what do you get most excited about? I think it's just the fact that Australia is hosting a massive major sporting event. Mm. Again, I mean, we're going to have so many countries coming to play a sport, which I love and have grown up loving, and now to be able to work on it and, and yeah, promote it um, and promote kind of the multiculturalism around the event, which is a real theme for us this year, is, is super exciting. Um, yeah, it should be a great cricket tournament. And uh, I think Australia is going to really love seeing some, some new superstars of cricket as well as the old superstars. Obviously, the Aussies coming back in as defending champions comes with a little bit of expectation. Uh, but yeah, super exciting times, I think, for all in, involved in, in cricket. And what a way to kick off, you know, the summer of cricket than with a, a T20 World Cup in October and November. It's not a bad way to kick it off, World Cup. Not at all. What, what I love about uh, Cricket World Cups and here in Australia, which we've noticed, is the crowds for non-Australian games like we mentioned off air before the india pakistan game i think would be sold out yeah which is unreal for a mm. world cup like you, you wouldn't say that often that's a hundred thousand tickets of the mcg sold yeah. out hospitality sold out mm. everything sold out like that's incredible yeah absolutely and i, I remember the um the obviously the, the 2020 women's t20 world cup being like record breaking and, and mm. the final and that spectacle but then also going back to kind of the 2015 ODI World Cup. I remember being at India and Pakistan at Adelaide Oval and that had 50,000 fans there and thinking this was just an absolutely surreal experience. So can't yeah. wait to see what it looks like with 100,000. But yeah, you're, you're so right in terms of those um, you know, other teams outside of Australia and seeing those those names mm. and kind of learning a bit more about their, their culture as well. I think um, one thing we're quite keen to do with this sporting event is kind of get it outside of cricket as well and show that it's more than cricket. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing those teams come along in October, November, because I feel like um, as Australians, we'll learn a lot more about not just our own team, but other teams as, as well, which I think is super exciting. Yeah. Amazing. Well, you've got a very important role to play across social media and uh, gathering the communities of fans to make the tournament what it's going to be. 
before we dive into that space and what you do, particularly with the work around squads, uh, we want to learn a bit more about you and how you got to this role because it does seem like you're in a dream position uh, for yourself. But where did it all begin? What did you do at university? What were some of the early experiences that you had? Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of all began for me in sports journalism from a very young age, even even before uni, because I um growing up like a lot of people, I wanted to be you know open the batting for Australia and <laughs> and play footy in winter, and quickly realised by the age of eleven or twelve that that wasn't going to be possible. So. Um, I kind of knew, you know, reasonably early on that I wanted to get into sports media. Um, So I actually did like an online diploma in year 10 with the Australian um, College um, in like sports journalism and and match reporting. So that was just something I did during school. And then that kind of helped facilitate um, my degree. So I then decided to do a Bachelor of Journalism at, at Bond Uni. And, and from there, got some some good like internship experience with the Nine Network and Ten Network, and generally thought I was going to go down the you know the broadcast journalism sports reporter mm. path. Um, like but cross to Will Taylor standing outside yeah. the Gabba type <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, that, that type of stuff, absolutely. Um, but then it, it all kind of changed for me um, at the end of 2017, at the start of 2018. I got an internship with the AFL um, in Europe, which is wow. uh, yeah, a bit niche. So AFL Europe, basically an organisation to yeah, promote Australian roles in, in Europe. So I um, was working kind of like a digital content internship there. Um, so I moved over to London and lived there for two years. Uh, so the first year I did that internship, but then at the start of 2019, um, I actually got a role with the, the ATP tour in tennis. And that kind of really opened the the doors for me. Um, really enjoyed my time in tennis. Worked in kind of like a social media role as a consultant, and um, yeah, had some of the best experiences the experiences of my life. Just traveling from tournament to tournament, doing the socials um, across the tour. Um, it was yeah. I look back on it now and can't really <laughs> can't really uh, comprehend kind of some of the stuff that we we did. It was um, yeah, really good fun being able to travel to tournaments like Rome and Barcelona and, and did the four slams in a year, which was a huge bucket wow. list item for me. Yeah, um, wow. And then from that kind of obviously... Let, hey, let, let's just look yeah, at that yeah. for a second. How, how many flights in a single year and what sort of <laughs> names are we talking about that you're covering? Yeah, so I did um, 17 tournaments in that year across Europe, America and Asia. Um, and yeah, I was working kind of on the ATP tour socials. So um, yeah, I was very lucky enough to talk to the likes of Djokovic, Federer, Nadal. Um, wow. Just did the men's side, ATP just being the men's side. Uh, but yeah, thoroughly loved the experience. Um, and one of the cool things about tennis as well was that, yeah, I was working on the men's side, but obviously a lot of tournaments that women play at as well. Um, mm. So yeah, it was kind of great getting to know the WTA tour as well and, and what they do. So um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that. So kind of did that role from 2019 to the end of last year, 2021. So two of those years were in London, or the best part of two years, and then one year from here in Australia. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of decided at the, the end of last year that I wanted to kind of mix things up and take on a new opportunity. And hence the, the T20 World Cup um, was something that I'd always wanted to work on a, a cricket World Cup. And um, yeah, it was an opportunity kind of too good to refuse. Right. So yeah, it's a bit of a brief background. Yeah. As to my, that's my like, that's a path a lot of people would only dream of. Mm. So w- what do you think they saw in you? What, what was the main part of why Will should have been in those roles? Yeah, I think one thing I was... I, I had like real clarity on because I was quite young when I got the ATP role and I kind of knew that I didn't have the experience that maybe the other candidates did. So what I tried to kind of showcase to them was like a vision um, of like if I was employed, this is kind of how I would go about my role. These are the things I'd kind of work on. And instead of kind of spe- uh, instead of, um, you know, uh, showcasing them experience, I kind of showcased them attributes. And like if this is if, if this is why I was employed, these are kind of the things I could I could give you. Um, so yeah, I've, I've always been kind of conscious of, you know, experience is one thing, but then it's, you know, once you kind of get that role, kind of showcasing to an employer how you're going to make a difference. And I think that's kind of probably what helped me with those initial roles at the start is that I knew I didn't mm. have the runs on the board, so mm. to speak, but I thought I had a really good vision. Um, and yeah, by putting quite a lot of effort into those applications, I think that, that helped me with some of those roles. I think you're a perfect example of how to indicate your potential. As you say, you don't have the runs on the board. And I think the the best part about people early in their career is, is that they can present information that indicates how good they're going to be in the future. Not what they're doing right now because you're still very young and early on, but what you can do. And those who articulate it the best are the ones who often get the opportunities. And for you, that opportunity has been flying around the world following Federer and Nadal. So uh, you must have sold the vision incredibly well to them. Yeah, I, I, as I said off the top, like I feel extremely lucky to have um, had that role and it's, it really has opened 
open doors for me. Um, but it's something that, you know, once kind of getting the role, I had to kind of deliver on that, that promise as well because I think sometimes you can get a role and then, you know, I, I was really keen to just make a difference when I, when I got that role. So, yeah, there was a lot of long hours, particularly working in Australia on tennis when it's all on the other side of the world. You can imagine a lot of late nights and 24-hour nights as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but no, thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, I think kind of just an attitude of trying to really work hard out of, out of school and, um, yeah, try and uh, yeah, get opportunities quickly has kind of put me in, in good stead. I've been really keen not to waste time. And, um, mm. yeah, I feel like I've been able to do that with some of the opportunities so far. A lot of people have a dream of working overseas and it seems like it was quite seamless for you, but a lot of people don't really know where to start. Do you have any tips for how you know someone can get over to London and do a bit of work? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there's a number of like agencies over there that can help with, with work. Um, I definitely recommend uh, where possible kind of looking at your um, existing connections and seeing who's working over there, even if it's not in your field, just even mm. if it's friends or, or friends of friends. Um, I've had people kind of approach me since being in London that have asked for some tips and advice and obviously more than happy to help out. So yeah, look at kind of the existing network, but then also, um, you know, there are agencies online that are there to help. And, um, you know, there's so many Australians in London and Londoners do like Australians. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think um, I'm a massive advocate of going overseas and trying to find work experience. It's something that was fantastic for me. And um, yeah, I definitely recommend people thinking about it. Just just take the plunge and be prepared, obviously, to work hard and, and things are a little bit different going overseas. But um, yeah, I couldn't recommend it more enough going overseas because, uh, yeah, it really opened, opened opportunities for me. You mentioned uh, quite a few big organisations that you've been able to pick up experience at in terms of the major TV networks in Australia, the ATP Tour, AFL Europe. But that wasn't it wasn't always glitz and glamorous for you missed out on a couple one in particular at AFL Canberra what did you learn from that experience yeah absolutely it's yeah I'm really I'm really glad you mentioned that because that really um like I I felt like quite crushed by that but at the same time it gave me extra motivation to then kind of look at myself and look at how I was applying for something and then um yeah kind of adjust the way in which I took on the application process um yeah I think like Dealing with rejection is something that now I kind of look at um, not as such in a negative way. I think at the time it could be very raw and, and frustrating. I mean, you might, like the most common question someone will ask themselves when they get rejected is why? Like, why me? Mm. Why, why, why didn't that happen? Um, but I think that was really important for me to, yeah, just understand firstly, exactly what I wanted kind of like out of my career. And then secondly, you know, how can I put myself in a better position to be more successful the next time and I feel about that uh, I feel that way about any you know type of rejection I think of it as like a learning experience um, and yeah prior to getting that um, internship at AFL Europe to go over to London I got rejected for multiple things in in Australia um, and a lot of those I thought I was really well suited for but sometimes it just doesn't work out um, which is which is fair enough but I think it's yeah about how can you kind of take the learnings from that to do a better application next time um, and sometimes it can be small things sometimes they can just have a really good candidate or sometimes you know they could go internal as well rather than external so not kind of taking that criticism personally but kind of using that as some motivation to yeah with your with your next application mm. I, I guess yeah it's good good you didn't uh, sort of lose the the motivation which a lot of people sometimes do it's good to just kind of keep keep pushing and your time will come. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree with that more. I think um, one of the things that I've just by having a love of sport, I think I've always kind of had mm. that motivation there. But I think additionally, um, I've always been keen to kind of mix up what I do in, in my career. I've been I'm obviously quite young, but I've been able to do a few things um, which I've been really passionate about. Um, and I think variety has always been important for me. So I think that's why another reason why I probably don't take rejection that um, harshly is that I know that, you know, if one door shuts, that means another one, mm, there's an, yeah. an opportunity to go through another one. So yeah, yeah, you haven't got all your eggs in one basket, exactly, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. 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 Nice. Just quickly on, uh, I'm keen to like really understand what you're doing at the ATP tour. Like, do, were you literally going up to Roger Federer with your mobile phone asking him, what did you think of that match? Yeah, so uh, I had a dual role. So um, when I was at a tournament, I'd go around and collect stuff like on my phone around the scene. So uh, yeah, some of it would be like interviews on media day and things like that. Other times it would be, you know, filming like practice, talking to coaches, mm. um, getting like fans experience, getting experience with the organisers. So I really enjoyed that part of the role, just being in the thick of it, like courtside and kind of seeing what was happening around at the tournament. 
Um, and then the second part of the role was kind of the more strategy role in terms of how could we promote the tour more broadly. So this was looking at like kind of like storyboarding concepts for like videos um, and adverts and, and kind of looking at, you know, how can we, yeah, promote the tour to a wider wider audience, kind of looking at different regions and thinking, you know, why, what can we do in China that's going to really promote the sport there? What can we do in Barcelona that's going to promote the sport in Spain? So a bit of a mixed role in kind of being at tournaments. And then a second half of that was kind of being behind the screen storyboarding and thinking about, you know, how can we yeah, really promote this uh, sport. And I, I kind of like both those aspects to media. I've always liked being like on the ground and in the thick of the action, but then I do kind of like the side in, in sports media of kind of, uh, yeah, taking a step back and thinking about a piece that's going to have a real impact um, mm. and kind of that storyboarding a video idea is something that I think is really cool. And it's something that when I see in sports media, whether it be um, like really good ads or really good promotions that I get a huge kick out of. You guys probably would have seen last year that Google ad um, for AFL, um, which yeah. is yeah, super cool. Um, I, uh, yeah, I get huge inspiration of seeing like, other brands do really cool stuff digitally. Um, and that's something that I kind of want to keep pursuing in, in my career is creating some really cool video campaigns, mm. yeah. We'll, we'll have to show you the video that we released when we shared our seed investment led by Spark Event Group because that was inspired by the Google ad. Yeah, nice. <laughs> if you look at it, there's like two sport management students trying to figure out how to get a job in sport. Then they have like this breakthrough moment. They're on the laptop Googling, how do I get a job in sport? Uh, so that great piece by Google was uh, an inspiration for some of our content yeah. too. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's, uh, let's get on to the stuff with squads. So obviously T20 World Cup is coming out later in the year. Um, this concept is incredible. Like we love it. Um, keen to hear where it all came from. Rubes and I are part of the Australian squad, which is very exciting. Having a look through before, it's got some great content in there so i'm keen to hear the backstory behind the concept and then sort of where it came from yeah absolutely so a huge theme of the the t20 world cup is about connecting communities and and multiculturalism and and what better way to do that than to actually showcase to these communities that you know we're, we're looking out for them and, and we want them to be involved in this event so essentially what the squads um, initiative is is that we've created 10 facebook groups for 10 playing nations in the the icc t20 world cup um, and they're named squad and then the country. So for, exa for example, for Indians in Australia, we've got squad India. For Pakistanis yep. in Australia, we've got squad Pakistan. Um, the idea of it is to basically bring them closer to the event. And w the kind of selling point is that, you know, this is the best way to support your team coming up to the World Cup. It's a great opportunity for uh, people in the community to unite, um, to know one another a bit better, but then also to kind of, yeah, unite around their their cricket team. So um, yeah, we've had a we've had a really good start to the to the campaign, the squads campaign. Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I mean, I get to go to a lot of community events and talk to these communities quite regularly. And um, yeah, it's great to kind of from a from a personal experience, it's great to kind of learn a bit more about um, the different cultures we have in Australia. But then likewise, it's a I think, I think they're really enjoying the fact that, um, you know, we're taking the time to kind of listen because it's a real two-way conversation, these squads. It's not like when people yeah. join, we just talk to them and give them information. We encourage them to kind of tell them what, tell us about what's happening in their life, whether it be with their cricket or good local community stories. Um, so, yeah, we've kind of got 11,000 members so far across our squads and we'll continue to try and build that um, as the tournament gets closer. But, uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoying working on this, this squads campaign and, yeah, hoping that... Uh, yeah, more people can, can get involved. That's awesome. Well, we, we particularly love community building. and um, Big community, guys. We are. <laughs> we are. <laughs> um, and it's awesome to see the ICC having such, an, such intimate touch points with uh, these local communities. Like if you, if you zoom out for a second, like cricket is the second biggest sport in the world. The ICC is a massive organisation. Yeah. And here they are having people on the ground in, at the local organising committee going out to the multicultural groups where the tournament is soon to be hosted and talking with, you know, you know, 50 to a hundred people at a time. Like that seems like very kind of hands-on, but very sort of uh, like warm and fuzzy approach to kind of helping people feel a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's super organic, isn't it? Like mm. just going out and talking and, and listening to people. But um, I think it's, I think it's really important for like the future of Australian cricket as well, that, that we go out and we talk to these people and we learn, you know, what what they love about cricket and also what they love about their culture. I think it's uh, it's a really good opportunity for for cricket to kind of showcase that, um, you know, this sport 
it's not just about you know the runs and wickets and the, the boundaries but it has a wider impact on on cultures and um yeah the way in which people live their lives so yeah thoroughly enjoying the kind of squads campaign and um i think one part of the role as i said before that i'm really liking is going out to these community events so like last week i was in adelaide and talking to like the afghani community and bangladeshi and south african and kind of hearing more about their stories and how they got to Australia and how they want to be involved. And some of these stories you hear about are just remarkable of people's journeys mm. to Australia and how they've kind of either come from the other side of the world or integrated in Australian culture. And, um, yeah, a lot of it is through cricket and kind of what th- what cricket has, has taught them. So, um, yeah, it's a very wholesome concept. <laughs> yeah. And I hope that um, – I know obviously you guys can tell, like, I'm, I'm quite passionate about it. But I think <laughs> I think we do have members, you know, who, who come on board that kind of understand the concept and really appreciate it because um, – yeah, as I said, I hope it's a real legacy piece for Australian cricket that doesn't just, you know, last until the tournament, go, but goes for, for years on ahead. Because I think it's um, it's quite unique. It hasn't been done before, really, in, in my experience in, in cricket or, or even in tennis prior to that. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going well. Was that legacy piece a key consideration when the whole idea was brought to life? I think so, yeah. I mean, I have to be honest, I kind of started in December, so the idea was put ahead before I'd, I'd started. But I think after we've kind of like got it um, up and running and, and the squads up and some members, I think it was kind of the realisation that, you know, hey, this can be a, a piece that lasts for a number of years and can kind of showcase um, to not just, you know, hardcore fans, but casual fans that cricket is looking beyond just um, what happens on the field. Um, cricket is looking at, you know, all aspects of, of life and, and is really keen to, to hit communities. Um, so, yeah, I think it's... a uh, I think it's a really good initiative um, and, yeah, I hope it, it continues beyond this this World Cup because, as I said, yeah, I think it's a real legacy piece for, for Australian cricket. Yeah, awesome. And for those listening, how, how can they get involved? Yeah, absolutely. So just on Facebook, the yeah, private Facebook group. So if you search squad and then your country name um, and in the groups, you'll be able to find um, your particular squad. It's run by the ICCT20 World Cup as the admin nice. of these page. Um, you can also go there's a on our website, T20 World Cup, um, you can also find a squads page there that has a bit of a description of, to every squad. Um, you can join more than one squad. You might be an Australian fan that, you know, love the Bangladeshi cricket team, for example. I mean, they're my second favourite <laughs> team. So, and I love talking to the Bangladeshi community. So, yeah, more than welcome to join more than one squad. And, and I think the other thing is get involved in the, the conversation as well. Once you join, we want to hear from you. We want to hear about your kind of story. It doesn't necessarily have to be cricket related um if you've got a really cool local community story tell us about it um and yeah keep us updated because it's about having two-way conversation we just we don't just want to lecture people in these groups we want to hear from them and um yeah i think uh i'd encourage yeah everyone to kind of get on board and and join it because as i said it's the best way to support your team this upcoming world cup so when you're inside the squads what type of things are people posting and and sharing and, and how do you keep it quiet keep that intimate feel as, as it grows because 11,000 people is a lot of a lot of people how do you keep it feeling quite you know small and and, yeah. and condensed yeah absolutely so um in terms of the types of content that's kind of coming in there at the moment um from fans sometimes it's to do with how their cricket team's going overseas so obviously in the lead up to the world cup there's, there's so much cricket going on so fans are quite keen to keep updated with them um also like local cricket stories of of their, themselves or like a lot of fathers and mothers kind of talking about their sons, which is some, yeah, wholesome content. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of how we kind of keep it like targeted and quite pointed is that they're set up as private groups and they're moderated quite extensively as well. So every post kind of has to be approved. Every member request has to be approved. Um, we keep it Australian based. So as I said, so everyone has to be located in Australia. Um, and yeah, we're basically looking for, uh, yeah, unique, unique stories. Um, but at the same time, we, yeah, really encourage everyone to, to get involved. Um, and we kind of have a, a team, a fan engagement team that's really active in the community, talking to these people and wanting to hear these stories. So, um, yeah, we've kind of already done some stuff with some fans, which is, which has been great. We've actually got a, like a fans, uh, promotional vid coming out soon where we've got, um, a representative from each of the different squads to do a bit of a, a script for us, which is a, a nice wholesome video. Um, <laughs> So yeah, no, definitely encourage all to to get along. It's uh, it's a group that um, you know it's it's a cricket focused group, but at the same time, it's it's much more than cricket as well. We're really encouraging people to tell us um, yeah any any story that they feel is is relevant to them and to their community. And um, it's I think the 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 best thing I get out of it is just seeing how 
um, appreciative these communities are of kind of having the opportunity to have a voice because at the end it is a, an opportunity for them to to have a voice so um, yeah I encourage you all to to get along and, and see what we're talking about by joining a squad awesome I saw some cool content in there before I think I saw Andrew John's NRL legend in a cricket yeah. kit I think oh, it was yeah. a charity game but brought back some nostalgic cricket memories which was quite cool to to flick through so definitely get involved if if you're in love with cricket or if you're not, you just want to be involved, it's uh, it's fantastic. So mm. I've loved it so far. Yeah. And Will, tell us how this group is going to evolve as a, as it gets closer to the tournament. Because right now you've got people chatting on Facebook. Is there anything else you plan to do with them when the events in person start to come to life? Yeah, absolutely. So there's actually squad bays or like squad fan zones at some of these grounds. Oh, so wow. people can um, kind of sit with their squad, which is a really cool aspect. Um Additionally, you know, when the tournament gets closer, we'll be looking at ways in which we can kind of integrate the community around these particular fixtures. Um, so whether it's, you know, doing squad kind of get get togethers and, and encouraging people to kind of get together and, and rally for their team. Um, so I think, yeah, closer to the event, we'll kind of also identify where these members are across Australia and kind of showcase to them the fixtures that are coming up because... Yeah, we have members obviously all across Australia, but then some um, some teams will play a couple of games in Melbourne, for example. Others will play a couple in Adelaide. So kind of rallying particular members in cities together um, and getting them all involved and, and hyped up about the about the event. Um, obviously, the, the T20 World Cup being a month event, it all happens very quickly. There's a game yeah. on every day, so there's <laughs> plenty going on. Um, and one thing I think that we're also quite keen for this event is, and we, and we kind of touched on it before, right, that even if your team isn't playing, it's still a great opportunity to go along and learn a bit more about the sport and, you know, find some new heroes and, and get involved. And um, I can tell there's a lot of members in the squads that obviously hugely passionate about their team, but just love their cricket as well. And as a yeah. neutral, we'll be going <laughs> along and, and uh, it's kind of like the footy fans that, you know, wear their own colours, even if their team's not playing. <laughs> yep. I'm very guilty of doing that, being a Gold Coast Sun supporter. It happens well. <laughs> often so um, we love yeah. afl nuffies yeah. they're fantastic Absolutely. <laughs> but no I, I i can see the people who love this are, are just cricket fans i don't i don't have to have one team it's just no they're going for the spectacle and Absolutely. the sport and the event because it, it is an awesome event and you're right you, these kind of events show some new heroes that come through you know some some people might just follow the australian team for instance and they don't get access to all these hundreds of other players out there so it's a great way to go and uh, discover some, some new players in cricket which is awesome yeah absolutely um yeah great way to discover new players and and yeah those those local stories in the community that we might not you know hear about or, or see on tv yeah. um and yeah a gr just a great way to connect with with your community and have you heard of any stories of two people meeting inside the squads and something positive coming out of that for example within our community uh, we ran a speed networking night one day and uh, this bloke called Nathan Peroni, who was working at the AFL at the time, met a bloke called Lachlan Croft and told Lachlan, hey, there's a job going in my team at the AFL. I think you ought to apply for it. I've been through the process before. I can help you through the application. Three weeks later, Lachlan is now working at the AFL because he's met Nathan inside our community. Is there anything like that happening within the squads at the moment? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a that's a great story. What a what a great connection that is. Um, yeah, I mean, we've done a lot of work, um, not just with kind of like the adult space, but with kids in the squatters as well, and getting them involved. So we have a concept called Rookie Reporter, where we basically got kids to kind of interview fans at games. So this started when Sri Lanka were playing Australia earlier in the year in a T Twenty series, and we got a couple of kids together to be reporters and interview fans in the stands and it's kind of helped some kids kind of facilitate their media careers obviously some are very very young mm. but it's kind of getting them involved in the sport and um, we've had some really positive feedback on that initiative and it's a great way to connect families as well basically um, we'll take you know one kid from one family another kid from another family put them in front of the camera give them some exposure to fans and um, yeah we've kind of created some friendships that way um, obviously on a, on a very yeah, low yeah. level but um, yeah I think I think that initiative is one way in which we've been able to kind of connect different communities together and and yeah, give some people some experience, but at the same time kind of be able to showcase their love for their sport and their love for their, their nation. That's really cool. I'm sure as well, you know, it, it is, you know, it's May. Like by the time the tournament comes around, these would have been in place for a while. And you mentioned these squad bays. Like that sounds pretty cool. Like I can imagine people will definitely be interacting online and then be able to go to the cricket and, and enjoy it together. Like that's quite an interesting concept. Like yeah. having your own bay. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing I'm quite excited to see 
when these um, fixtures take place is, is just the colour around the ground. Like yeah. it's just going to be so colourful and loud and um, it's going to be a very different atmosphere to what I think we're used to in Australian cricket. I think some of these cultures, the way in which they go to the cricket and celebrate the cricket is, you know, there's lots of music, there's drums playing, there's heaps of colour. So, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a spectacle, that's yeah. for sure. And I think the bays just help facilitate that overall environment of the, the ground and the atmosphere that, yeah. that you'll get at these matches. Yeah, mm. oh, That's really cool. I was just thinking because um, I mentioned earlier I'm going to be uh, in the role of a team liaison officer during the tournament. So following one of the touring teams around, just basically carrying their bags, helping them get whatever they need during the tournament. Is it appropriate for me to be inside one of the squads and kind of be like, hey, I'm with the team and then also chat with the fans at the same time? Is that... I don't know, I haven't talked to anyone at the T20 yet about if I can do that or not, but... We'll, uh, we'll have to double-check that, but I'll tell you what, that would be some exclusive content yeah. for, the, for the squad coming from Ruben. So yeah. uh, I'd absolutely love that, and I think the fans would love that. But yeah, we'd have to, um, I think we'd have to check that to see what was yeah. uh, what was able to be recorded and what was not. But um, that would be a very cool role. Uh, you must be pretty excited for, for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I did the Women's World Cup with the New Zealand women's cricket team, and that was one of the best experiences I've had in my entire life. That team was phenomenal to to hang around and and to be close to them during the tournament was uh yeah an experience i'll never forget so the men's should just be on a, on another level which i'm really really pumped for yeah for sure absolutely um you you sound incredibly passionate like we get a lot of people on this podcast and they're all passionate but you have this kind of spark in your voice that just shows that you love what you're doing what is your what's your biggest motivator like why do you love what you do Great question. I often, yeah, I often get that. Um, I often get that remark about Big my question. Passion. Loaded <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, loaded question. Um, I think, yeah, I think just I've always kind of had a motivation for, for new experiences and trying new things within the sport and particularly with sports media. I'm someone that I don't necessarily want to be doing the same thing every day. I want to mix things up. But um, although you can have a, I'm, I'm a big believer that although you can have, you know, a job for a period of time, you can still mix up your job and do different things in that aspect um, of the role. And yeah, it's something that I've, I've really tried to do throughout my career is, um, yeah, look for variety in, in all stages. And I think the other thing is having a really strong like work-life balance as well. Um, I'm very passionate about my work, but outside of work, I'm, I'm really passionate about a few other other things as well um kind of additionally to like the sports stuff i've kind of started a like a community um radio show um just for australian music which i know is very different to awesome. kind of sport and sports grad but it's just a way for me to kind of yeah get outside of kind of the sports space yeah. and um yeah just do so, do a hobby of mine and, and really enjoy that so um yeah i think work-life balance has been huge for me um but and and variety in the role as well just always kind of looking for for new opportunities, new ways in which we can kind of go about our work. Um, and yeah, just, as I said, like just trying to mix things, mix things up. Um, yeah, I hope that kind of answers the, so, <laughs> the question. So, so when I said before we jumped on how many podcasts you've been on, you, you didn't actually say, well, I actually run a radio show. So, <laughs> no, so no. you're probably a bit more experienced with this as we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, that, the thing about the radio show, though, is it's not actually in person. So as, it's really good to actually be yeah. in person with, with you guys because I've been doing a lot of stuff over Zoom recently. But to yeah. be back in the studio, I'm, I'm really enjoying. But, yeah, I think it's just a way for me to, um, yeah, just kind of switch off. And I do think as like a bit of advice to people out there, being able to switch off is, is super important, particularly in sport, because um, this is an industry where um, if you love sport, like we all do, there's always going to be something on at any place in the world that you could probably switch on and watch and, and mm. get involved with, whether it's, you know, the local stuff we have here with AFL and cricket or it's tennis overseas or EPL last weekend, which was just a ridiculous final day finish. Yeah. So um, there's always something on. But, um, yeah, being able to prioritise and switch off and take care of yourself is still super important. Um, at the end of the day, we're all humans and um, we're not we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. Um but yeah, I think just having that ability to, um, yeah, switch off and have that work-life balance is, is super important. Awesome. Um, I want to learn a bit more about uh, the other parts of your role. Like during the tournament, are you doing some broader social media stuff or is squads your number one focus? Yeah, so I think squads will be my number one focus at the moment just because I feel like as we get closer to the tournament, there's going to be you know more and more members and more opportunities. We'll have some more concepts that kind of come up. So that will be kind of my main part. Um, although I kind of work in, on, in the squad space and in the commercial team, I do work quite closely with our marketing team that do 
quite a lot of work, um, obviously, in trying to, to promote the event and, and some work in terms of the stuff that goes on social channels as well, which I'm still really interested in. But um, no, I think this. I think my role during event time will be sticking with this squad's mm. um, initiative and trying to make it as big as possible, um, trying to do some stuff with the in-match experience as well and kind of yeah. promote it that way. Um, because, yeah, the skies are really the, the limit on this. We kind of only launched it in February, like as a hard launch. So, yeah, we're about three months into kind of that hard launch now. So, um, you know, once kind of October kicks around, we should be really really flying with this stuff and um yeah it's going to turn into quite a big project so um yeah i hope uh i hope people out there can kind of see the work that we've done mm. in, in october and yeah if they're not involved before then they get involved then because um yeah hopefully it should be uh should be everywhere <laughs> you, you mentioned those kids that you're getting to be reporters i'm thinking about the other future will Taylors who want to enter the social media space um one thing i'd love to uh, kind of get your perspective on is with social how do you create virality with your with your videos or your content? How do you send something viral so that you're getting all these different eyeballs? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think it's yeah probably one of the most asked questions is how do you go viral? You know, that's what people want to do. Because we would love to know too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what do you mean, Rich? We are viral. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think in terms of just like creating just like great quality content, um, I think first of all, it's about, you know, having having an idea which, you know, you can give to uh, multiple people and they can't, they find a way to connect with it, even if they're not, you know, a hardcore fan or it's not, you know, they're, they're not entirely into maybe that particular sport or that aspect of the sport, they still find a way to, to get involved. So kind of looking at, you know, if I was going to give this to a core fan or a casual or someone that knew nothing about it, how would it kind of resonate with them? I think it's a big thing because a lot of the stuff that goes viral isn't necessarily, you know, the the amazing sporting moment, although it can be. Sometimes it's, you know, the, the quirky stuff or the funny stuff or something a bit different and a bit unique. And I remember when I was working in tennis, for example, some of our best performing videos were just the most obscure things you'll, you'll ever see. Um, you know, some, like I, did, I remember doing a, a video on Rafa Nadal and his water bottles. He has a superstition with his mm. water bottles where he has to straighten them up. It was one of our most watched views ever. Yeah. People just watching this compilation of Nadal fixing his water bottles. <laughs> the um, same every single time. Yeah, exactly. So it's not always, you know, it doesn't always have to be, you know, this most amazing moment or just brilliant thing that you have to capture. Something Sometimes it's something that's, you know, quite unique or, or funny or bizarre. Um, and then I also think kind of the way, you know, people kind of underestimate, you know, copy and captions as well in viral moments sometimes a, a really clever caption or a really clever piece of copy can uh you know get people hooked in and then watching the video and then kind of see what mm. you're you're talking about um even things like titles as well i remember when i was working in tennis we would kind of have a few buzzwords that we'd kick around to try and get people hooked whether it be like bizarre or crazy or strange or superstition just to kind of yeah. hit people with something different than you know you know, Djokovic hits another amazing lob in yeah. 35 shot rally. Like, you know, like people <laughs> have seen like, that before. So I feel like sporting organizations, like their social accounts has shifted a little bit in recent years to make it more humanistic and like add a bit of personality to the posts. Like I think a lot of AFL clubs, for instance, the captions are getting more fun and less like look at the highlights from round four, you know, like things like that. And I think that's what draws people in now like i think what it was five years ago just wouldn't get the engagement that it would today absolutely yeah i totally agree i think it's kind of gone from uh you know how would we write this on a broadcast compared to how yeah. does it work on social it's like I a think, different voice yeah 100 yeah, percent. yeah. So completely different tone of voice is the whole thing yeah. yeah yeah and um no i think you i think you're so right i think um on social we have the liberty liberty to be a bit more fun and a bit you know cheek in mouth whereas broadcast mm. is probably a bit more formal and you know this yeah. is what happened and this is why on social, you can have a bit of fun with it. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think if you looked at the, I don't have the number, but the total meme count from five years ago compared to today, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there'd be a lot more or, memes. <laughs> or use of emojis in yeah. captions. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely. Uh, Will, if you could drill down your role into kind of three critical skills, what would they be? Yeah, good question. Um, firstly, I would say communication is hugely important in my role, just dealing with... Um, different communities and, and learning from, from different communities. You've got to have amazing communication skills. Um, secondly, yeah, strong like work ethic. Um, in this kind of squads project, we're not just working on like one. I kind of look at them as, you know, 10 different social media accounts because we're not just posting the same stuff in 
each squad we're targeting it to a, mm. a Pakistan community and then an India community. So it's yeah, a, a very strong work ethic to be able to kind of keep up to date 10, 10 different social accounts. Um, and then the third one I would say is um, yeah, like perseverance um, because you know in in sport and th- this doesn't doesn't just apply to my current role but probably my whole career in general is that um, you know we kind of touched on before that there were some roles that I thought I would get and then didn't and then got rejected. But to be able to just, you know, always improve on yourself and, and know that there's going to be another opportunity that comes and try and put yourself in the best position to get that opportunity. Um, I kind of look at my career t- today and I know that I've, I've done, I'm pretty happy with what I've done so far, but I know that in the future I'm going to have, you know, my challenges as well to try and keep persevering and keep doing different things. And I'm someone that's always going to want to mix up what I do. I'm quite different to my my dad and I are very different. He's been at the same company for 34 years. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to be that type of person. I'm going to be the person that always continually mixes things up, probably lives in different locations. So, um, and with that comes challenge. It doesn't necessarily become safety. Um, it, there's there's challenges to to that. So, um, yeah, I kind of have a perseverance mindset. Is that I know not everything's going to be perfect, but. I feel if I can continue to just put my best foot forward, um, doors will will open. Sometimes not the ones you expect, but but doors will open. Yeah. Nice, mate. Well, we might wrap it there for the uh, for the T Twenty World Cup's sake. I hope you do stick around for thirty four years. Uh, that would be a good <laughs> good result for them. But it's been great having you on and just hearing about your journey to get where you are now. You mentioned perseverance at the end there. That's just a, a theme going through some of the roles you've had. Uh, genuine dream roles for people. So. You, you seem to have done so much in a little amount of time. So well done on all you've done so far and great to have you on to ch- chat about the World Cup coming up. Um, those squads, that concept sounds incredible. We're stoked to be part of it. So the listeners will, will definitely get involved with that because it, it sounds like a great opportunity for everyone. So thanks again for coming in. Appreciate you coming in in person. We, we love in-person podcasts. So <laughs> yeah. glad you enjoyed it as well and uh, all the best for the, the World Cup coming into the year. Uh, thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ruben. Yeah, really appreciate you guys having me on. And um, yeah, as you said, it's great to be in person and, and recording this podcast. And yeah, really appreciate all the work that, that you guys have done. So yeah, pleasure to be on. Alrighty, Rubes, great episode. Will's a superstar. Mm. Love the energy he brought to yes. the studio. Uh, I had to mention it in that app. Because he just had a bit of spark about him. He's it's got what we so, needed. So much passion. You can tell he's the perfect person for this job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are some things that stood out for you? Yeah, well, I think um, one thing that really stood out to me is how the ICC T20 World Cup is using community building as a way to bring people to the tournament. Mm. And I think that's super progressive for a sporting organisation. There are a lot of like... Uh, you know, clothing brands and other different brands out there that build communities around their product. We obviously do it as well with the sports grad community. uh, And it's been a great way to connect with consumers uh, and help grow the, grow the brand too. But there's not too many sporting organizations that kind of actively do this. So to see, to see the ICC T20 World Cup pour so much time and resources into creating these really intimate communities so that fans really feel a part of um, of the tournament is really cool to see. So I think for those of you thinking about what jobs you might want to do down the future, uh, community manager is a serious title that's going to be coming up more and more often. Yeah. So uh, factor that into your career planning. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. Um, oh, my takeaway is just get involved with these squads. Like it's a no-brainer. Like very cool to be part of if you have an interest in cricket or you have an interest in the World Cup or you just love sport or whatever. They're great to be part of. Some of the content in there is is pretty awesome. Uh, I mentioned some of it in the episode, but um, just being a part of that, you feel like you're part of a a tight community, which is really cool. And I'm in the Australian one. Rubes is in there as well. Um, I think we'll mention there's 12 different squads you can be part of. So... Get involved with that. Join the discussion. As uh, as Rube said at the top of the episode, it is world-class discussion. Yeah. And it's, it's about cricket, but also other stories as well. So I'm certainly going to be involved and hope, hope you will as well. And the best part is if you get involved early now and get to meet a whole bunch of people, you can then join the squad bays well, when the yeah. tournament rolls around. Like, how cool is that? It, it gave me, uh, and this is going way back in the podcast, but it gave me Supervox 
vibes. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, so being a part of the exclusive squads bay, I think that could be pretty cool. So mm. get involved is, uh, is my takeaway from that. Absolutely. And finally, for those who are early in their career and they're looking to get a dream job like Will did at the ATP Tour and has done so again with the T20 World Cup, one of the things that he did extremely well was communicate his potential over his current ability. So he talked about having a vision about what he could do rather than, you know, what he hasn't had the chance to do yet because he's so young mm. and so early in his career. So if you're in the same boat where you might not necessarily have the runs on the board, but you've got these big dreams, you've got these big visions for what you can do and you reckon you've got the talent to back it up to, how you communicate your potential is going to be the most important thing to getting that job and that's something that Will did extremely well. So get out there and, and practice selling yourself. Absolutely. Great message. Um, for those interested in social media or even what you mentioned there around potential, mm. interviewing, things like that, are there any other apps you can suggest for those listening? Yeah, well, I reckon um, Nick Lauby yeah. from the Brisbane Heat. He's, uh, <laughs> I reckon we mispronounced his name yeah. when we interviewed him. <laughs> I think I did like three times. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, he's a phenomenal yeah. uh, social media manager working with the Brisbane Heat. The Brisbane Heat have the biggest social media following of any elite team in Australia, yeah. not just the BBL. Uh, I reckon we chatted with him in episode 52. And if you want more on the ICC... Uh, just you only have to go back one week to episode fifty mm. with Finn Bradshaw, who's the head of digital at the at the ICC over in Dubai. Yeah. And if you really want an ICC T Twenty World Cup fix, go all the way back to episode number one. Yeah. The very first episode of this podcast we did with Ali Durkis, who is still the people and culture manager at the T Twenty World Cup. So, if you are interested in volunteer opportunities coming up with the T Twenty World Cup. Have a listen to her episode about how you can get involved. I think mm. at the time, the tournament hadn't been uh, postponed just yet. No. But yeah. some of the information that she shared about how you can get involved is still relevant. Yeah. So uh, episode one for Ali, episode 50 for Finn Bradshaw, head of digital of the ICC, and episode 52 for uh, Nick Lowby from the Brisbane Heat. So go and get your, your cricket and social media fix there. Your memory is incredible. <laughs> well done. Awesome. Well, connect with us on LinkedIn. Plus, be sure to jump into the SportsGrad community. We'd love to chat with you on there. Head to sportsgrad.com.au slash community to join or head to the link in our show notes. Also, if you enjoy the show, we'd love for you to give it some love. So rate the show five stars wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe on Apple and follow on Spotify. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>